Ladies and gentlemen, Wizards of the World, we're excited today because we are sitting down, well, via Zoom, with tattoo wizard Cody Dresser all the way from Dallas, Texas. Jared, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Uh, I don't really have much to do. Are you ready? I'm never really ready, but I have some notes to, to discuss certain things like hogwash, um, like comic books. Um, I think some wizardry questions even. Yeah. Did you bring your coffee? I, I've ran out of coffee. Well, I prepared coffee for you. You are so sweet. No. no, I would never really say that in like real time. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, let's get it's at not it. Hot. Oh, beggars can't be choosers. I didn't know I was begging. You offered. All right. Getting ready for today's show. Like I said, we're going to be talking about um, comics, Marvel, books, movies. Uh, Cody Dresser is super awesome and has all sorts of knowledge about uh, wizardry things. Let's get ready. Let's get to this episode. Cody, are you there? Are you out there somewhere? What is good? What's happening, y'all? All the things. I'm super excited to yeah. get a chance to talk to you about the show not quite happening yet. And uh, you being, a, I think, the only guy in the hogwash crew, which everybody has now just learned what the hogwash crew even is. Oh, uh, no, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's a lot, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jared's with us today, Cody. This is Jared. Um, he's one of our gentlemen sirs what's going on what's good man i'm everything that hat I'm digging that hat thank you i uh dressed up today jennifer hey. gives me a hard time for looking like a bum so i put on deodorant so you're welcome wow you've done that i, I shower about once every monday just because yeah. you're know, on here so <laughs> sink water <laughs> right um, so let's kind of get into some of the fun questions. Uh, one thing we yeah. do, I'll, I'll go through and ask you some things about Harry Potter and some things about the hogwash crew. And, uh, then near the end, Jared is going to, uh, come up with, wait a minute, Jared, you wanted to do something at the beginning of this episode. What was it? We're going to try, uh, I think you call it a doodle log. A doodle log? Yeah. I'm going to oh. just throw out a random idea. Oh, so uh, Okay. And, <laughs> like draw it up. For, you know, you're gonna draw for a few minutes while you talk. You know, while just small talk, and then uh, I'll be back in about five minutes. And all right, at the end of the episode, we'll reveal those little doodles. All right. What are we? What are we drawing? What are we drawing? What are we drawing? All right. So today, why don't we? You know, just keep it simple. Pick your favorite Harry Potter character, and have them doing something with your favorite superhero character they can be fighting they can be making <laughs> out they can be taking a nap on a picnic blanket yeah keep it pg he's talking to people right now oh my god i know yeah out the gate yeah all right so you two have some small talk and some doodle time and i will be back in about five minutes oh my god okay me to draw. Okay. I'm drawing a Felix, Cody, because I'm feeling lucky because I got to be on here with you today. But but our fa two favorite, like our favorite character. 
You go right ahead. I mean, it doesn't have to be your favorite. It could be just, a, sorry, any characters that you'd like to draw together. One from Harry Potter and a superhero. Oh, superhero. Shit. Wait, can I? You're yeah. still not allowed to cuss on here. I mean, what the fuck, Cody? Okay, good. Just making sure. Just making I'll be sure back it's a family. Three minutes. All right, sounds good. Okay. So. Yeah. So, first off, I'm really bad at faces. So, right. Clever. That's why I was like, I could do an object from Harry Potter in a five minute sketch, but two people, that might be something for like a t shirt design for later. Yeah. Um, so. I should draw Jared. Anyway, um, I'm going to start asking you some lovely questions. Um, cool. Oh, yeah. How did you first hear about like the very first literary ink? And when you got there, kind of just give us a little bit of your story about the first show, and we'll get into the second in a little bit. But how did you find uh, out? Right. Well, what I remember the the the, the first show uh, I'd heard Chelsea um, talking about it. And uh, just online, you know, through Instagram and stuff like that. And it, it kind of piqued my interest because, of course, as you know, it's Harry Potter convention. And I kind of really didn't know how it was going to go or how it was being ran or anything like that. And uh, I remember my wife telling me, you know, if you don't go for this show, you're going to see later on that it went out and it was awesome. And you're going to be super bummed out. And so I was like, well, yeah, that's probably probably the truth on that end. So I ended up getting in and... Uh, I didn't know who I was boothing with. And uh, when I showed up, I was in a booth with uh, Betsy and Katie and Chelsea and Ebony. <laughs> and Jess was a little bit farther down the road there, you know, and we were in that little tiny side room, which was awesome. That was, I honestly love that. And uh, it was kind of, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, I'm going into this kind of knowing one person through Instagram. And the other side of it was like, I really didn't know who any of the other people were. And I said, man, what if they, what if they hate me? And uh, luckily we got into it and immediately got there and became very fast friends. And I've remained super close to them since we started that. I'm Probably my favorite group of people that I know is because of the show. Well, that's awesome. Um, it's funny because originally they did have somebody else there and I was going to leave that spot open, but I was talking to Chelsea and I think that she said, Hey, I kind of know him. It was something like that. And she's like, he, you can totally put him in here. And that's how you ended up getting slid in that room. You're supposed to be sitting next to like one of my best friends. Um, but yeah. I left her alone in the other room with uh, just a single booth. Cause it seemed like I, the, the biggest thing that I've, I've realized from the first year and even hearing about the second is that so many people who never had a chance to see each other or to meet mm -hmm. like, in person, this is kind of what happened for a lot of them. And mm -hmm. now, you know, a year and a half later, getting to kind of see a lot of those relationships blossom and, and understand, oh my gosh, this happened because, you know, these people met here or, you know, how we all ended up doing like Leaky Con together. Um, mm -hmm. That was an awesome experience for me because I never get a chance to really hang out with you guys. And Leaky was my first time. Um, Leaky Con is a Harry Potter themed convention. Um, but we, we actually got to be the first people who ever tattooed at it. And, uh, uh, it was me, Jess White, Cody and Betsy. And I actually get to talk to Jess next week. So kind of get a little oh, story about the leaky experiences too. Um, I got to meet Draco there, which was really, really wild. Um, and then he yeah, that was amazing. Like, yeah, in the afternoon, it was really crazy. Um, what are you, are you doing good on your drawing right now? 
I am absolutely failing at this right now. So I'm just going to be silly with it. And yeah, I'm shooting for silly too. Cause, uh, yeah. You might not even be, you might not even be getting a doodle. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. That, that, that could be good too. So, um, what's your favorite memory from year one? From year one. Yeah. Um, it was just such a good show. I appreciate it. We, that's yeah, the thing yeah. about it is that I, I mean, it re really meeting everybody and becoming, you know, just like I said, becoming friends with all those people. And then seeing that first year, I think was so good for the show in itself because it was so small. It was more intimate. So that core group of people that really wanted to be a part of a Harry Potter convention, we all got to kind of be around each other for an, you know, and I think that built a lot of relationships, which easily went over into, you know, the next year and we'll go into the next convention also, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think really, really the bond is what my favorite part of all of that was. Ah, the, uh, I was just, when I was talking to Betsy, I said, one of the things that's sad for me is like I said, I don't get a chance to really hang out with you guys and get to experience all the, the hangs. Um, and she even, her question, cause I always let everybody ask me a question at the end. And her question was, do you think you're ever going to get to just kind of, you know, enjoy it? And I was like, my answer was yes. But right after that, my thought was one day. <laughs> cause one day. Uh, yeah. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I feel like the first year was amazing. Nobody expected anything. Um, you know, nobody knew what they were coming into. Uh, we were still even trying to figure out what we were doing. Um, mm -hmm. and the second year, you know, it was, it was, it got big really fast. And last year was supposed to be like, you know, the, the number for this year. And one thing I always tell people is like, I'm still judging those digits. Cause if it ends up being like after this year, there's too many tattoo artists that I'm going to try to get more vendors in there and like lower the number of artists. But, you know, always making sure that the wizard attendees and the tattoo artists have a good experience. Cause that's kind of what what the blossom or the seedling of literary ink was, was a lot of people aren't treating their folks good enough. And it wasn't just even their, mm -hmm. the, the tattoo artists that are coming. It's like, you know, a lot of folks just, I don't feel as though that love and concern is there. And it may just be that I'm from the South. I don't know. Cause you know, I was always, my grandmother was always like the golden rule, the golden rule, the golden rule. And, uh, you know, even some of the crazy things that we have, because, you know, we had a magician for two years and we had yeah, yeah. weird little things and everybody's like, where's that coming from? I want to experience that. You know, that's where that piece is coming from. Um, but uh, who is your favorite? Who's your favorite character? In Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, hands down. It's uh, my boy Lupin. That's my dude. Betsy said you might say that. <laughs> yep. That's my guy, man. That's my guy. I like him. The I, I think my, the reason I like Lupin so much is that I think he's like, everyone likes Sirius a lot and I'm not going to just like talk shit on Sirius, but like, he's just kind of like the cool uncle yeah. and really Lupin's the one that's like really trying to be protective of Harry and be like, Hey, you idiot. Why do you have this fucking map? They're going to try and murder you. Quit doing stupid shit. And Sirius is over there like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Let's go. Let's go fight people. You know, so <laughs> I, I, I really like Lupin for that reason. I, it's just the fatherly side of things, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, he's back. He's returned. He's back. Oh, I'm not Don't show us, Jim. Put it away. Put it away. Put it away. Just kidding. All um, right. Not ready. Take a moment to wrap it up and then, uh, you know, it's okay that it's unfinished. 
No one's going to Oh, man, it's... Black wizards oh, I, just draw, man. I'm feeling like I'm going to get judged, though. You say I'm not going to get judged, but I'm feeling like I'm going to get judged. Well, anybody who judges you can come talk to us. So. Yeah, true. I'm going to tell them that they were right. I'm just kidding. All right, so send those off. And then at the end of the episode, when we do a couple of questions and some trivia, we will uh, talk about those drawings. Oh, man. All right, cool. All right, Jennifer, have fun. Be nice. I'm always nice. That's what Jessica's 103-year-old granny tells us to be. Be she nice. She tells you to be nice because you need to be reminded all the time. I am so sweet. I don't even have to put sugar in my coffee. Get out of here, Jerry. Oh, there it is. That's some, that's some good stuff right there. Wow. Uh, what got you, what is, what is your biggest fandom? And I mean, we know you're into Harry Potter. We know Betsy's into Star Wars. Everybody has, you know, that's, that's one thing I've also noticed from all the tattoo wizards that we have come into this show is that it's not just one particular fandom. It's that these are the nerdiest of tattooers, oh, yeah. um, which has been pretty wild. So everybody has like 90 different things they're into. Mm -hmm. Things like, you know, some of the things that you read outside of this or some of the books that are movies that you're um. in. Well, I mean, in general, I'm a huge, huge, huge movie fanatic. I've always been really into movies, collecting movies. I mean, when I used to get, you know, little paychecks working, whatever simple job I had when I was a teenager, I just would go blow all of it on DVDs or VHS at the time or, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> you know whatever it was. Uh, so I'm huge. I'm a huge movie buff. Movies, music. I'm a huge uh, comic book collector. I've always been really into Marvel and DC, of course, all that stuff. Lots of, uh, you know, smaller third-party comic companies, you know, Image and stuff like that, Dark Horse. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's, I mean, really, those those three things, I say, would really make up Harry Potter, Marvel, comic books, you know. I, uh, I worked at Blockbuster for six years as a store manager, and I was raised with my grandmother, so I was raised on movies. Like, before Blockbusters existed, I would get on my little bicycle and pedal down the street and get all these crazy movies that I should not have been watching at my age. Um, so, what are some of your favorite movies? Because you're going to tell me a lot about who you are with, like, your top three or four. Oh. Playing this see, but, see, but, see, but here's the thing is, I like movies so much, it is so hard to narrow down like top three like are we talking horror films are we talking all like action we're talking gonna have to send me this list for later so that we can actually see where our list make it but if you had three movies on a deserted island and they're the only three you can watch for your, the rest of your sandy days what would you choose mm. probably uh oof. in terms of movies that i've watched over and over and over and over and over again probably uh, pulp fiction Yep. Uh, Tombstone. That yeah, was a big one for me. Tombstone. I could watch Tombstone like a you know over and over again. And Mallrats. Mallrats is good. We actually had a chance. Uh, the shop went and saw Jay and Silent Bob's reboot. They had a, a show here in Chattanooga, and uh, friends got tickets. So we got. Oh, and they were there. The the guys that are totally behind mm -hmm. right now. I totally forgot. Um, it was it was really really awesome though. I'm a big. Uh, I, I love Kevin Smith and his heart. Yeah humor um good ones tombstone's great uh yeah but, i mean i could go on and on and on and on, uh, and on. I guess, I guess, characters I mean. in that that the, whoever whoever ended up selecting your actors for tombstone i think just killed it um oh, yeah. that, Kurt Russell, that position in my brain i would have never put him there but he played that mustache similar to yours just kind of it, it just brought out the demon of just boom mm, it was so yeah good. 
everybody in it. Yeah, Sam, Sam Elliott, all of those guys. Um, I'm a big like a uh, Donnie Darko, Southland Tales, Seven, mm. Memento. Um, oh, Memento is a great one. Yeah, absolutely, a Memento. For, for all of you who love tattoos, go watch Memento. Yeah, backwards. <laughs> yeah, and for real though, L.A. Confidential. Some of those. L.A. Confidential is a great one. Yeah, we're uh, gonna you know, like Blade like, Runner. Yep. Aliens. Aliens is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I would say Terminator Two. You know, I've always been into big into sci-fi and horror, like Event Horizon. Really good That's one for Event me. Event Horizon. It's um, really good. They right before all the the superhero movies came out, they did like you know Deep Impact and all those like you know way the core. All yeah, those, yeah Armageddon. All I was like, I wonder if they're just prepping us. <laughs> for yeah, some, yeah. aliens <laughs> outbreak <laughs> how do uh, all of these things like influence your tattooing well uh, one of the things that i like to do with my tattoos has always been um i like to do kind of like combination of things so like a lot of times a lot of either whether it's comic book or movie or music related instead of doing something that's straight out there on the front where it just says you know if you were doing Iron Man where you just have, you know, his helmet. I would do things from the movie that represented the movie, but in a collaborative, you know, kind of way. Like when I do my Harry Potter tattoos, if someone said, you know, do, you know, pick a bunch of stuff out of Harry Potter that you like and kind of put it together. Okay, well, then there's going to be a, uh, a time turner and maybe a Felix Felicis, you know, jar and a wand with some lilies and, you know, maybe the background of the castle. It's a lot of things that represent without necessarily being right in your face about it. So being that big into movies, anytime someone says, Hey, I really want to do a Pulp Fiction tattoo. Oh, awesome. Cool. I already got it in my head. We're gonna do a pack of Applejack cigarettes with like maybe a milkshake, you know, and maybe a, you know, the syringe and you know, whatever it is like that. So, it's definitely helped with my style of tattooing a lot, having all of that excess information going on in my brain. So as soon as someone shoots something my way, I've probably already got something Started nailed down. Yeah. Because Betsy was even talking about how many Easter eggs that she hides in her tattoos. And you're talking about the same. And it's also something I love doing. When, you're, when, you, when you do have that true fandom, and when you're sitting across from a client who's either sought you out, found your stuff because of, you know, mm -hmm. I watched you do this, this, and this, especially when the ones like fly in or drive in, um, that is one of the biggest like compliments ever to be like, you just, it's so cool. You want some of my watercolor shit being everywhere. So it's, it's awesome to see a lot of artists being able to hide those little things. And yeah, you're, you're showing, you know, you're showing them the drawing and you're like, oh yeah, here's all the things you asked for. But also I put this in. And I put this in, and if you can see right here, and they're like, oh, my God, I would have never thought of that. It's better than I would have ever thought of. And it's just because you have the passion for what you're doing and for what you're, you know, when, especially when it's Harry Potter or Marvel or something like that. Like, we really care about it looking the yeah. way it needs to look. And especially, like, and same with Betsy, with her Star, with Star Wars, you know, like, she knows all those little tiny characters and side things and all that stuff that just really make her tattoos have more meaning to them than just something off of Google, you know? Um, so when did you start tattooing? Like what got you into it? Were you doing normal jobs and then fell into this one or? Yeah. You know, I had, you know, I think like 16 jobs before I started tattooing. I kind of did a little bit of everything. And, uh, one of the things was when I was younger, about 18, 17, 18, um, I got a copy of Photoshop on my laptop and I just started messing around with it and I really got into graphic design and I'd already 
always been into art. I went to art school for, art school for a little while and um, didn't really set well with me the whole side of that, call it art school. Mm-hmm. Um, but art had always been a passion of mine somehow. So it went from working random jobs to doing graphic design for bands and uh, festivals, all that kind of stuff like that. And then one day I was driving around in our area and I saw a tattoo shop and I went, you know, I should just give it a shot and see, I'd never really thought about it. I'd had tattoos, but it's like kind of one of those things where all of a sudden it just kind of went, you know, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I think I could do this as a profession. And I went in and um, got a job apprenticing, which ended up kind of didn't work out in the best with that guy. And Isn't so that I went every apprenticeship for the most part. What? <laughs> Isn't that almost every apprenticeship? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, pretty much the whole thing. And I, I ended up going to another shop and that's who I, I was with um, my mentor, Clint, uh, up until he passed away a few years ago. So I was with him for about seven years and I learned pretty much everything that I know directly from him. And so it's, I'm coming up on about 10 years now that I've been tattooing. It, that's another common thing. Uh, Ebony, Betsy, me, Kitty, like everybody's coming up on about 10 years, which is really, really wild um, for their anniversary. I yes. remember watching Ink Master with Clint on there and he just seemed to be an amazing guy who's like, this is how it is. And that's it. Um, yeah, he, he was. I always tell people uh, he was an asshole, but he was like our asshole. You know what I mean? Like he <laughs> had to know how to deal with him. You know, like he had his days. If you if he came in, you just kind of left him alone. Or if he wanted to talk, he'd come talk to you. But he was also super giving. And like, he really taught me everything that I know. He pushed me to get out and do conventions and to start meeting other people and pushing, you know, hey, push yourself, push your name. Like you're, you're the commodity. Like you're the thing that's worth this, not your tattoos, you as an artist. And he really spent a lot of time cultivating us as artists and helping us kind of push our way out into the tattoo industry in the midst of a lot of other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you do conventions quite a bit and I know you're a family man. Um, but how many conventions do you do? Does that kind of come into play where it's like, I, I only, I stay home this much time and I work out of this shop and Oh, uh, Dallas, Texas, right? Dallas. Yeah. Texas, yeah, yeah. yeah. Christine, Christine. Inc. There you Christine go. Inc. Um, I was like, uh, I, at the end, we'll make sure we tell everybody how to find you. Um, yeah, absolutely. there's a lot of folks that I think are doing that. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I used to do a lot of a lot more conventions before um, before our littlest came around, and um, you know my schedule was different then, and things were kind of a lot more like loose. And then once we really locked down into our, our family unit that we have with my my wife Rachel and our daughter Lily, and then my son Dallas, um, it's harder to get away and do conventions. It's there's a lot of things that go into it in terms of like schedules and you know, what she works and if her mom is going to help us, there's a lot of things like that. So now I kind of have gotten to the point, which a lot of people I know do now is kind of cherry picking. You've done enough conventions that you know, which ones are really, really worth it. And honestly, I'd probably be okay without doing any more conventions during the year, except for literary. Like that's the one that we know, whatever literary is, like that's, that's my, my one big thing a year that I look very much forward to. Um, so like I said, you know, a lot of it is just kind of, I think, like I said, it's for younger tattoo artists, you kind of spread out, you do every show that you can and you kind of learn, okay, well, they're not really doing things right. They're kind of not really taking care of their people. There's not a lot of attendance. It's kind of a bad area. And then you kind of dwindle that list down to you go, okay, well, I've got three or four a year that I know are just really, really prime 
conventions. Like I, my friend Danny Elliott, he kind of did the same thing where it kind of went from a lot of conventions to a handful. And then that normally turns into kind of doing guest spots and, yeah. you know, all that other kind of stuff too. So really for me, literary is my main one. And literary is my main one that I do every year and will continue to do as long as it's going. Yeah. Sorry. We had to put that on hold. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, like with everything else, like I'm in a room, I've been in my house for a few weeks now. So this is strange times. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> it really is. I keep telling everybody we're like on pause. Um, so let's, let's jump right into that. Cause we're also asking, we are calling these the quarantine sessions guys, mainly because this is, this is a different, different vision of what we've planned on doing for the literary Inc. podcast. And we will be getting back on track with that once the show actually opens. But what are some of the things you've been doing like in your house and your brain to keep, you know, busy or not busy or. Yeah. Uh, well, we've, I've been doing a lot of watercolor commissions, getting back into that. That's kind of something that I miss a lot. I used to do a, a lot more watercolor stuff earlier on. And just getting busy and having the family and it kind of made it harder just to sit down and have a few hours to just paint during the day. And so with this time, I've had um, the ability to put out there that I'm doing commissions and really have, you know, knock out one or so a day. Um, so that's been really good. It's been productive for me. It's kept me feeling like I'm still being creative and not getting okay. stale. Um, outside of that, you know, our kids, you know, they're both in school, so they've got their little bit of school that they do during the day. Um, we've been doing a lot of, uh, cooking at home, cooking, at, uh, for lunch, kind of using what we have as long as we have, you know, I mean, we have fresh vegetables, let's use them. We're doing the same thing. Jessica made like a, this vegetable soup with like everything in it. And then she used ground up turkey meat. And I said, oh my gosh, it's like Thanksgiving soup. We got um, all of it. Yeah, and I was like, it, the only thing that can make it better is cornbread. And she goes, I just put it in the oven. And I was like, oh, my dreams have come true. What is happening? Oh, yeah, right. we, we, me and Rachel are, are vegan. So we've been using a lot of, luckily, most of the delivery places are pretty stocked up on vegan food. We've actually been able to find that pretty easily. So lots of tofu, lots of beans, vegetables, fresh vegetables. There, we've got this box that delivers once a week. It's called, oh, man, now I can't remember the name of it. It's the Hello um, Fresh. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not HelloFresh. It's 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 what it is. It's like um, it's all of the vegetables that aren't pretty, and so it's really really discounted. So you can kind of tell them what you like, and they'll put in like you know. So it'll be like carrots and all are they're not all the perfect shape. Or it's like tomatoes that are some are a little bit smaller, some are a little bit bigger. So it's I, oh, it's called the imperfect box, and oh. it's great. So it's cheaper, and you get a ton of stuff. So they put uh, you know every week it's on our porch, and we use that until we go through all those vegetables and make another order. We've been using a we have this uh, Wazwilla farm farms in town and she was one of the, the the people we were teaming up for for this year's show for the food for the tattoo artist um and the the you know we had we had we were so excited we had this thing planned out to have our own chefs come in and then um like 12 days before the show before we actually got canceled they were like telling me well we don't have a kitchen for you and i was like oh my god how are we supposed to do any of this so we ended up doing some crazy rearranging and within 12 days i found like a few new food vendors for inside but it was one of those those nutty things but she's been uh she still is delivering plants now. They ran out of eggs, which I know they'll have more, but I think she's doing oh, certain yeah. drops, you know, cause she has restaurants and stuff. She drops eggs off for, um, yeah. all we've been doing, we've been home for 20 days. Jessica's been home for 22 and she literally 
has just been cooking the whole time and I've lost weight just because I'm not eating a hamburger and fries from next door. And so it's been kind of wild to see that piece. And speaking about the watercoloring, I had not painted in like a year and a half. Um, and it, I didn't even realize it until I was like, well, the last thing I painted was with a Neil a year and a half ago. And so during this time, the first thing I did, uh, Jessica painted me an art room up. We, it used to be Winnie the Pooh yellow and she came in here. She goes, I just think it needs to be white. And I'm so glad she did. But now we've taken, we have two spare bedrooms in the house and this is the tiny office one. And, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. It's perfect. It. So it's been wild to see because I've, I've loved watching. It's literally like every tattooer's Instagram is like tattoos, tattoos, tattoos. Coronavirus, watercolor, painting. Yeah, my mind is like, <laughs> mine is yes. like lining up. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And it's, I've also been excited just like getting on like Tattoo Snob and seeing them post. I'm like, ooh, what kind of artwork can I see right. today? I'm like, oh my God, look at all this. You're, there's so much an influx of things that even I would want to buy if I could right now. You know, I'd be auctioning, you know, I'd be jumping on people's auctions for paintings yeah. left and right if I could. But it's, it's, it's great that I'm, it's shitty that all of this is happening, but it's really cool to see how much community we're really seeing in the tattoo industry. I felt for a while that it was getting kind of um, distant. People were kind of, you know, getting a little shittier and it was feeling a little overcrowded maybe. Mm -hmm. And with all of this, it really feels like everyone's really trying to help each other out. You know, all, you know, all the ink companies, all those manufacturing, all the, any, you know, like, True, you know, Tatsoul, True Tubes, all of them, they're all like, hey, how can we help you guys? You know, let's post your artwork, post your t-shirts, post your raffles. My Instagram feed is literally full of other people promoting other people. Yeah. Like it's not just individual, even, even just the silly, like, I know I did a, a rose tattoo. Here's five people that I'm tagging. That's still your fan base seeing those five people and it's getting their name out. Everyone's just helping each other out. It's amazing. It's I the best thing coming out of this. It's been really fun to see the stories where it's like today's skulls. This is who's tagging you and then pushing forward and having everybody skulls. else that got tagged. It has really been awesome to see. I think I've done roses, skulls, cats, and I put up a fox because I couldn't find a cat for a while. It's good stuff. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's, it's refreshing and it makes it feel less, um, not lonely, but like, well, well less, it, 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 it makes its time go by a little better, it kind of makes everything feel a little lighter and not so heavy when you've got these moments of, of nice levity where you see people that are helping each other, you're having conversations, you know, doing the house party chats and all that kind of stuff like that, where you're still feeling very connected, even though we're all very by ourselves right now. And there's a lot of people that I know of that are tattoo artists that, you know, they don't have their family here with them. They, they are literally by themselves in their house. And this kind of stuff I think is really helping people just not feel so sad and depressed, you know? And that's, I think that's, if there's anything that can be taken away from all of this, it's one, Donald Trump fucked up. And two, it's really awesome that we've all come back together and we've really connected with each other as tattoo artists. I feel as though like, with, with everything in life. Cause everybody keeps the, the stress of not being able to go out, the stress of all these things. And, and I have had my own anxiety moments of like all those things. Mm -hmm. But the silver lining is, I think we're all going through it. Number one, we're all on this pause, but the silver lining is changing your headspace to say, I haven't been able to do this, this or this. And so now I can, and you mm -hmm. know, all of us are stressing money. 
all of us are stressing, where's that next thing going to come in? What about this? But it's kind of like you said, I, and I feel like you're right. Um, and I've been preaching to, to everybody that I can when I've gotten on social media. It's like, if you can help, help somebody. If you can't, you need help, ask. You know, Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. I believe that that still stands true because there are folks out there who are who are helpers and who can Just help. Looking. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you are right, though. The, 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 when you sit, you kind of start to get in your own mind, in your head space about it. And you start to freak out and you kind of have to sit back and say, well, I, it's not just me. Yeah. I'm not the only person. Literally everybody in the entire, most of the world is dealing with what I'm dealing with right now. So it's all about perspective in these times, you know, kind of realizing, man, this sucks. I'm not working. I wish I was tattooing. But I have more time to paint. I've had a lot more time with my kids to just do stupid stuff and be silly and build forts. And we have a hammock in our living room right now. Like, it's just like, there's all these really positive things that are coming out of it. And the perspective change is, is really good for people. So you don't get depressed, you know? I agree. I think that's, that's that silver lining part. And I think that at the end of this, uh, I've talked to several tattoo friends and I've been like, I want to know what's going to happen when like, it's going to happen. We're going to be stuck home for so long. People are going to come up with new styles. There is going to be some shit that comes out of this that none of us have seen because I had to sit home for 27 days, six hours, 23 minutes and 14 seconds. And then all of a sudden I put that one pixel right here and it made the rest of it go to, you I know, got it. yeah, I got it. Let's get, I know Jared's going to be possibly back on here soon or ish to talk about some of the questions that we got from a couple folks, but Gracie of, you know, at Gracie tattoos on Instagram, uh, the apprentice that I stole from, from meeting when I went down there had a question for both you and, uh, Betsy. And I was like, man, this is such a good, good question, which is, um, what traits of your Harry Potter house do you feel translate into your life as a tattooer, both positive and negative? Now, before he answers y'all, Cody is Slytherin, and right now he's wearing an awesome Slytherin shirt and a Harry Potter hat. So we're not just talking tattoos. And it's green. Yeah, and it's green. We're not just talking like, you know, normal wizards here. We're talking like we got the hogwash crew on the quarantine sessions to start it off because these folks mm -hmm. have been here since the beginning and they're all just as crazy as I am. Go, Cody, go. All right. Well, I mean, with Slytherin, you know, it's, it's, it even says it on my shirt, you know, cunning, ambitious, determination, and clever. And I think those are all really good attributes to have as a tattoo artist. You know, you want to be clever. You want to be determined to keep pushing forward and moving your career constantly, learning, always improving, always evolving. Um, yeah, cunning. You know, what, cho what, what, sho what shows are you going to pick? What shop are you going to work at? Who are you going to be friends with? Who are you are not going to be friends with? I mean, there always is that social hierarchy of tattooing where it's like, Oh, well, I went out and do I want to go home after this convention and go back to my hotel room or do I want to go to the bar and try and be friends with Nico Hurtado and move myself up in that way? So that's a little bit of cunning, I think, on that end of it. And ambition. I mean, ambition goes right with determination. Really always can. growing, always wanting to, like I said, improve and evolve. And every year I want to be able to look back on the tattoos that I've done and say, wow, I can see improvement. And I can see where I learned and I can see 
where I can go from here. Um, I remember a long time ago seeing Mike Chambers. I remember, I'm sure he's not the first person that said it, but I remember hearing him say it. And he said, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying in this industry, period. You know, there's people that they learned for five years and they just kind of went, I think I'm good. And those people are slowly kind of getting left back because there's people that are next to them that are going, well, no, what I learned isn't good enough and I need to do better. And okay, well, that tattoo's okay. What can I do to fix it? What can I do to be better at it? Oh, I'm going to go take um, lessons or I'm going to do buy DVDs or I'm going to go to these conventions like, you know, like explorers like that, where I'm learning all of these new techniques and I'm immediately applying them. So I can grow, take care of my family, be a better artist, be a better tattoo artist, give my clients better stuff. Um, I think all of that is encompassed by a Slytherin. And there's really not any negatives of being a Slytherin, period. End of story. Wow. That would be the way you would answer. And, and you, you've landed at such a good point. I'm supposed to tell you that they didn't get your email, so re-email it. And then I'm going to talk about things about Slytherin and about why Hufflepuff is still the best house. So, I'll, I'll sit here with a smug look on my face. A smuggle? What? What? Smuggling? Look, I said, smuggle. No, I said, I'll sit here with a smug look on my face while you talk about it. Yeah, don't worry, guys. And if you're a Patreon member, you get to see his said, his his lovely smug look, facial expression. So, Slytherin. I always tell everybody I'm a Hufflepuff with a Slytherin rising. Um, just because my favorite thing is, is folks that actually, they all make like, you know, the Hufflepuff house be floofy and this and that. And I'm kind of like, honey badgers eat snakes. <laughs> that's all and then no yeah it does work that way and then when betsy got on here she was even like you know the best best friend houses is uh is the the hufflepuff and the slytherin and i think it's true because think about it honey badgers are fine and fine until you mess with their friends or their snacks and they will eat snakes or anything else because you know honey badger don't give a shit honey badger, uh, okay um, so, uh, this, this upcoming year, we're, we're redubbing it three and three quarters since, you know, we didn't get to have the full on show. So we're going to be kind of renaming it. I'm actually going to make a little, little Coke token. We're still waiting on the date. So for those folks that are still wondering, um, right now we're, we're back and forth with the convention center, but they're on, uh, they're leave, they're on leave too. So their emails and them rescheduling folks, we still don't have a date. We have a couple things figured out, but we're waiting for the, for sure. As soon as I know you guys will, uh, what I can say is the first date they gave us is in like half a month to a month and it's just not going to work. And, you know, there's so much going on right now with the quarantine and how no one knows dates for sure when they're going back. So everybody that's waiting, we're all waiting together. And believe me, I wish I had all the answers. But until this settles, until we get to a place where we know that, you know, it's a lot better than what it was and there's less chance of us, you know, looking at each other and getting, you know, just even looking at each other for a hug and getting sick. So that's what we're waiting yeah. on. That's why we're, we're chilling. Well, and that's also why we're doing these quarantine sessions. The, the the thing that I was talking to somebody the other day about was I know everyone wants to get back to work and they want to get back to doing whatever they were doing beforehand. You want to go to conventions, you want to go on trips, you want to go to Disney. But right now, honestly, if I said, all right, everyone can get out of their house. Now let's go to a convention center and pack a couple thousand people in there. How appealing does that really sound right now? It doesn't really sound great. You kind of think, I don't want to be around anybody right now. I need to know that the, the dust is cleared and settled before I'm going out and hanging out and tattooing and letting people sneeze on my artwork. 
you know. <laughs> I had a lady who I was talking to last week and she goes, I'm so sad literary ink got closed, but could you just imagine one of the tattoo wizards dying from all of us getting together? And I like about died. I was like, like, like it's for oh real. the ultimate avada kedavra, you know. <laughs> I was like, no, literary, no. COVID kedavra. Yeah, there you go. That that should be a new shirt. You should totally make a new shirt and have that shit on it. I'll mark it down. Copyright. Copyright right now. There you go. You should. You should. I think I'm waiting to see a shirt. <clears throat> Speaking of which, I'm totally going to ask you to give me a design for later because um, we're doing something special. Yep. With the TattooWizards.co sh sh site. Um, I've got a little thing going on. We haven't launched it yet because this kind of put everything behind, but I've been working for some special things. And when the podcasts come out, stay tuned, y'all, for the next season because, uh, when the podcasts start coming out in the real season that we plan on have, not the quarantine sessions, um, you're going to mm -hmm. be able to get, you know, Patreon members are going to get some really special shit from the people that we're talking to. Um, so I know Jared's going to be coming back on here in just a second to ask us some questions. Um, right. Some are from, some are from our, our Instagram folks that they wanted to know a couple different things. Uh, but I'll go ahead and start off with a couple. So what is your Patronus? Seems to be like <laughs> we have somebody um, asked that. What's the Patronus? Um, I think, man, the one that what was mine on uh, on uh, on Pottermore was a, a ginger tabby. That's so funny, a ginger tabby. Yeah, I don't know why. I I can't even have cats because I'm allergic to allergic to them. So it's like. <laughs> I don't, it's like, is that a, a you know, a false negative? Like, how do I? <laughs> how could I do that? I, uh, I've had a, you know, where everybody's taken the test a couple different times. There was one time that I was a black mayor and something. And then the last time I took the test, cause they made the whole thing new. Um, Gracie, oh, did they? Yeah. yeah, they, they, they redid it. Gracie took it and became a Ravenclaw and she about had a cow. I took it and I'm still a Hufflepuff, but my Patronus this time is a sparrow hawk. Oh, so um, that's cool. Yeah, I was like, you know, like I think, being a fly. So. I think my friend, I remember one of my friends got a, what was it, a, a mole rat? Oh, man. Uh, like, my, my best friend got mangy dog, and she goes, it's not even just a dog, it's a mangy dog, Edge. And I was like, oh, my rabid, God. It's rabid so good. dog. Rabid yeah. dog. So, all right, Jared, come on. All right, let's party. All right, let's do it. Uh, so we're going to do a couple of questions, just basic questions, and then we'll play a little trivia. All right. Oh, look, that that Slytherin right there is going to look. He, he is excited about trivia. Do you see his excitement? He's going to win. Go ahead. Um, just don't put me up against Jonathan. Jonathan so, will always win. Period. <laughs> Never. He's, scary. He's scary good at it. <laughs> You know, and it's funny because when I was interviewing him for the documentary, he literally said things along the lines of, I'm not trying to be like whatever, but flat out, I've put so much of my life into this. I probably know a lot more than you do about it. And I was sitting there going, yep. He, I stayed with him the first year. We mm -hmm. shared a room. He goes to sleep listening to the audiobooks. Wow. And not just at the convention. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, he's serious about it. I can Serious. see that. He's, uh, so uh, he's speaking of, uh, when we talk about Jonathan, that is Earth Grasper. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's part of the, the reason some of the literary ink stuff happened. I wanted to get tattooed by this guy. And if you ever want to hear the story, stop me at the show. Um, but uh, he has tattooed more Harry Potter wizardry tattoos 
at least in the beginning for sure than anybody else I've seen. Um, when I first started looking for all the artists that we were going to, you know, invite to the show, I knew he was on the list already. But when I was going through Hogwarts tattoo on Instagram, I was seeing like every other week was him. And so that was another piece of, you know, you wanted to find when we opened up literary ink, we were looking to find like the wizardry tattooed nerdums to come to this. And I think we did a pretty decent job of finding them or folks that we started meetings helped us get the rest of the way there for everybody. Um, cool. Get it, Jared. Okay. So the first question, which character from Harry Potter do you look up to the most? You want to go first, me, or you, yeah, the both of us? Always the guest. Always the oh, guest. Oh, it's always the guest. Oh, I like that. Um, that er, earlier, my same statement was was Lupin. Um, I think he is just the personification of care. Uh, he really does his best to take care of Harry and to kind of step into that role and try and protect him as much from, as possible from his kind of off-kilter godfather who kind of wants to go in guns blazing. And uh, in the movies, in the books, uh, Lupin was always, he's hands down my number one dude. Jennifer? Hermione. I, I go back to like, I just love her character. She, she was the glue. She was what they needed. She was the structure. She was the one that a lot of people made fun of in the beginning, you know, for being that. But it wouldn't have come together had it not been, you know, the three of them. Harry couldn't have done it by himself. You know, we needed Ron for stuff too. Like, you know, everybody's like, well, Ron's just off in that background. He's really not. He remembered about the Basilisk too. There were so many bits of pieces and heart and love and the Weasley love. That was like, you know, that piece of, but still, still Emma Watson. Uh, this one is a Cody only question. Uh, Good. Because we've asked Jennifer before. Uh, who do you think Snape would choose to be quarantined with? Who? Do I think Snape would choose to be quarantined? Oh man, I think he would fight tooth and nail to not be quarantined with anybody. Told you, <laughs> <laughs> that was science too, man. I was like, I think with without a doubt, he'd be like, "No, nah, I'm good." But like, you're gonna be by yourself. No, nah, I'm fine. No, no, you're gonna be. You're literally gonna be alone for a long period of time. You don't think? No, nah, I'm good. Me and my potions, bro. Uh -huh. Yeah, he'd come out with some sick-ass potions, though. You tell you that much after being in quarantine. <laughs> uh, and then both of you being movie buffs, what are a few movies uh, that you think Harry Potter himself would list as some of his favorites? Oh, Harry's favorite movies. Wow. They would probably That's have Daniel Radcliffe in them. It'd be himself. In his movies, <laughs> I can see that. Like, there's, horns. there's something about this from Joe Hill horns. He was in it. Swiss Army Man. Yeah, horns. Swiss Army Man. So I'm trying to think of movies that consist of um, headstrong characters that rush into danger without thinking about anything. I think he'd be into all the Marvel movies. Just being a hero. Yeah. Be a hero. Hero movies, yeah. Because he's not going to be watching some documentaries. That's Hermione all day long. Just going, yeah, he'd, yeah, he'd be action films, you know, one guy, those, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be into some of those, like, uh, like romance movies, too. 
No. Yeah, a little bit of love, or maybe like maybe like the uh, the uh, Claire Danes and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, that version, you know. <laughs> yeah. The Perks of Being a Wallflower, great book, yeah, some great movie. Like, some like also has Emma Watson in it, which you know, who doesn't have a crush on her? <laughs> oh, Jennifer. Um, all right. Well, let's move into some trivia. Uh, all right. Here's a trivia question for Jennifer. Name all the Quidditch balls. Oh, fuck, I can do it. You couldn't? I don't know. The Quaffle, the Snitch, and the Bludgers? Or is that the position that hits them? What's the answer then, Jared? You don't you have the answers, Jared? The answers for questions? you. On this one, this is on, on you. Wow. On you. you are losing. I've won. I got it right. Go ahead. Oh, wait. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think Jen's correct on that one, though. Yeah, that's true. Okay. It's one of those things where when you, where you can think about stuff all day long, but as soon as it's asked you, you're like, Aah. Yeah. Um, what was the name Voldemort was born with? Is that me? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Tom Riddle. So we'll start pretty easy, get a little harder. Oh, God, it's going to get harder. Yes, I'm not, not that hard. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not winning this game. How many brothers did Ron Weasley have? Four, five. And Cody's right. What's the fifth one? Who am I missing? I don't know. Bill, Charlie, Bill. Uh, the twins, Bill. and Percy. I was like, wait a minute, I've just gone through everybody. Oh my gosh, what death? Because, you know, there's spoiler alert, friends, there's lots of deaths after book three. Um, oh, death <laughs> who doesn't know this yet? Yeah, what death fucked you up the most? Like, you've read the you, you've read and watched the movies, right? Because there's, there's different yeah, levels yeah, yeah, yeah. Wizard, too, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I, I think, I th well, I mean, the movies are, you know, the movies are great, but the deaths in the books are so much more there's a lot of build-up to them it's not so quick because it had to be like in a movie format you know it's like they build up to these deaths so when they happen you're like son of a bitch you know like like doby's death in the book is like so 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 hard mm -hmm. um i cried i think at two or three of the deaths the ones that the one that really fucked me up the most was the twin um, and I think it was, mm -hmm. it's, it's funny cause uh, Brandy is a twin. Like my best friend is a twin. So knowing those connections, you know, if you have a good twin connection and how they were so always just together and they made all these bits and pieces. And even at the end of it, when Ron goes and helps working in the shop, I'm just kind of like, you know, that can't feel the same. Um, mm -hmm. so just, just the sadness of that, that yeah. one's the one that got me the most. They're, they're, they're all pretty tough. Like Sirius is in the book was very kind of like, quick to me you know but like you know like when he was talking about the people being dead you know, like talking about lupin and stuff like that like, those really hit me really hard um i just recently started driving further to work my job's a little bit further away so i went through all the audiobooks and yeah there was a few times in the car where i'd be pulling up to go into tattoo and i'd be like son of a bitch like, you know I'm a, I'm a big fan of audiobooks as well. I've been, uh, I'm actually on a Neil, um, Gaiman piece right now. Uh, never, never wear, never wear, I think is the one. I, I don't know if you've read any of his stuff. Um, Jessica actually bought me one of, bought a book for herself. I then listened to it and like, was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Then I bought masterclass cause I, I've been doing, 
you know, when I, when I, when I work out, that's what I, I like to have a, a yeah. thing in the background. because yeah. It's like, you know, two for one. Um, but he was on masterclass and I was just like, I loved listening to him talk. And just beyond that, I was like, this man is just so damn smart. And, uh, I, I, I haven't found an author in years where I've been like, I want to read everything you have. And I'm doing that gods and, you know, uh, just so much shit that he has out. And I think the first one was something that wasn't even, uh, one of his, one of his best from what I understand he wrote. And I had no idea. Have you seen the movie Stardust? Um, Claire Danes, come on. If you haven't write what I just said down and watch that <laughs> number one, it is like yeah. so damn good. And I was like, this is the best movie ever. And then like years later, I found out that he wrote it. So it's like, I'm getting Damn. him right now. Yeah. And he's also married to another mighty fine lady. Like when I joke about Emma Watson, there's one other like woman crush that I have. Um, and that's Amanda Palmer. And that's who he ended up marrying. Mm. Kind of funny. Um, but she is just, I feel like she has taken her stardom and she's so, she knows her fans so well. Like she didn't blow up. Like I'm going to do exactly what the record labels and all this shit said. I'm going to do it my way is what she's done. But she uses her voice and her fan base, like her fans truly love her. And I just, I don't know. I, I always look up to it and go to be able to get to this place where you can use your voice and say, this is why I'm voting this way. This is why we need to care about those things. is just huge. Um, mm. So you yeah, see, I had to bring it all the way back to the chick. It's always yeah no you're good you're good you're good but, uh, watch that movie and let me know what you think and if you do so I was actually on the audiobook thing but I listen to audiobooks when I'm tattooing longer tattoos if my client brings in their stuff I definitely pop in my earbuds and um, that's been just a joy Neil Gaiman uh, uh, yeah Stardust it's great so one other thing I always ask everybody um, if you have a question or two for me uh, what that might be for you. Yeah. You get to ask something fun and I might answer ah. you. Oh, you might answer me. How long do you see this convention continuing? Until I either get it right. <laughs> where, and what I mean by that is besides my dog barking, uh, I feel as though I have yet to do in my brain what I think I can. And I thought it was going to be this year. Like I was really, really like, okay, I've got all these things in play and I've got this and I've got this, but how I work, it'll probably be, um, I don't know. Uh, I see it going on as long as the artists show up and this vibe, this feeling is out there. Mm. Um, if this vibe or feeling gets lost, I will not continue to do it. Literary ink takes up so much of my life and I love doing it and it's become embedded in the shop. It's become embedded in my home life. Um, and a big chunk of that is because we have a very small staff and we haven't like, you know, here's your job and here's your job and here's your job. Cause a lot of them have been like, here's what I'm creating this job for this year. Now this is yours next year. This job is this for this year. Now this is yours next year. Um, because you know, one thing that everybody said is like, you know, your volunteers show up and they're on point and your staff is showing up and they're on point. And we're trying to talk to every artist at least once a day to be like, do you need a water? Do you need something? What's going on? Yeah. Um, I think people show up because they really, really care. And half the people that are volunteering, bird dog, half the people that are volunteering for us are people we've tattooed. And, you know, I think the biggest reason why everybody's like, man, your volunteers are on point and this is on point and this is on point is because we all really, really, really love each other. And we do love this fandom. So as long mm -hmm. as all of that still feels fly, we're going to keep going. You got one more for me? 
Yeah. What? Uh, so kind of the theme that I've noticed, I don't know if it's going to continue or not, is that we've been doing kind of through the books, you know, like last year was Chamber of Secrets, all this like that, the Convention of Secrets and moving on. Like, what do you see the evolution of the show being once we get done with the books? Something like, fantastic. Oh, what, what about after we get done with those? With that also being said, um, I do think at some point, because we are predominantly Harry Potter, but as, as we, you know, wizardry tattoos, please don't sue me, JK or Warner Brothers. Um, we are, we're still literary. I think that we're going to see certain pieces grow from that, where it may be we do certain sections, Lord of the Rings, we do this, you know, where it may be you see some yeah. more book tattoos coming in. Um, but once again, I, I think that we're going to keep playing it by ear. I, I really, think, ear. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always talking to you guys. Um, we send out emails to all of the attending, um, the, the, the wizard attendees and tattoo artists at the end of the year to say, Hey, what did you like? What did you not like? You know, where are some of our opportunities? Like I read those and that's how I adjust for the future. Um, I do my best not to look at other conventions because I don't want to take an idea from them. So if I've done something that's like somebody else's nine times out of 10, I didn't read it. You know, I'm trying to do things that are different. Yeah. We had magicians, we had um, circus performers. We're not having burlesque, not knocking burlesque at all, no, but it, there's it, no it, way. Enough of the enough of that. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I don't need. I don't need to see. You know, somebody putting a. You know, nail down their nose and all that stuff like that over and over and over and over again. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel. It feels like uh, you're going and seeing the same thing over and again. There's there's nothing natural about it. It doesn't feel like there's a flow to it. You know, with that literary. The first year, you know, you have the girl walking around playing the Harry Potter theme songs on the violin and all this different stuff that was going on to the, the birds and having the animals brought in and all the little things that kind of are like, man, I just don't know what's going to happen like this year. And also you saying that you listen to what people talk to you about, whether, whether their concerns are or the things that they like about the convention is such a rarity in the case of that. Like last year you said, what do you guys think? Like, what do you guys think about this? And then I know that you listen and you, you take all of that advice to just keep, improving the show and making it better for everybody. And that's just, that's why it will continue to be successful is because of the way that you handle everything. I think that the Harry Potter folks, and I always say this, I, they're bigger hearted than most people. If you have tuned in and you have a general love for the wizardry books and you know so much stuff from the movies and this, like it makes you feel good. Even when they're taking you through a death, it's like, here's here's this book this is here for you i've gone through this too this is how i dealt with it and you see these good things and no matter what with the potter movies with the marvel movies and captain marvel she gets back up every time and i think you know asking your folks and you know trying to say how can this be better and you know the the first the second year there were a couple things that were um were given to me from some friends and i was like you know i've got some opportunities here because i feel like my ass got handed to me i still think we had a good show but you know, there were a couple areas where I was like, this happened, but you know, we had, we had food enough in our room of requirement for the artists that were coming, but every, all the, a lot of the artists brought all these people and friends. So then the food got like whoop, in like two seconds and we were like, Oh my gosh. Well, that mm -hmm. happened the first day. And I called Danny, we had it fixed by day two and day three. 
but you know, those things, and then even realizing like, you know, next going into the next show, how those things are going to be different. Well now, you know, we, we had, uh, oh, that first night we opened for the first show, we had that dinner with the artists. And then last oh. year we had the movie, you know, trying to change that up to where it's not the same thing. There's going to be, you know, I can let you know for year four, we're looking at actually having a Yule ball. Like the night before, the Thursday night before, look at your eyes get big. That's right. Because now year four is like, you know, eight and a half years into the future. So, but there are things that we're trying to find out what we can do and, and making them different. So. Oh, yeah. That's all I got for you on that. Awesome. Jared, do you have anything else for us before I end this wizardry call? Oh, yeah. We are going to look at some doodles. Oh, son you of a You totally bitch. forgot you did a doodle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, man. I picked my favorite, my favorite um, superhero. Oh, did you? I did. Uh, well, let's go ahead then with that and drop Jennifer's in. Uh, and for those of you listening, we'll do uh, our best to explain the drawing, but this is... No explanations. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. about it. Yeah, you got yeah, you to gotta, you gotta sign up for that Patreon to get this. Exactly. So, so the challenge was take your favorite or, or just a, a character from Harry Potter and put them together with someone from uh, like the superhero world. And so... Uh, it's fun. I, I've seen what both of you did, and it's fun to see how you both interpreted that challenge. It's the exact same so, this. No, it's not. It's, it's a different simple. interpretation of put them together with. So Jennifer's, yeah, so Jennifer, I like that you took literally put together. Yeah. yeah. Not that like together as in two people doing something together, but you combined. You draw two people literally combined together in like two, in five minutes. We got to oh, talk about yeah. that. Oh, you can. Cody did. Well, Cody's faster than I am. Um, but Jennifer Ooh. chose to combine Harry and Superman. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a fucked up Shazam right now because I didn't put the glasses on the back of his ear, so it's kind of like... <laughs> kind, kind of, you know, it's kind of a Superman feel. They both couldn't save their parents. <laughs> wrong in like 19 different countries man but the other one is okay all uh, right well, uh, I, think, I think it's really cool i think uh it's super uh, dope it's rad yeah. there's like an old timiness to the drawing that i really like all right Good job, mine is literally sketchy it's all red pencil sketchy yeah that's great so we'll put up cody's oh so much yes <laughs> Uh, oh, dude. Lupin and Spider-Man. Wolf Spider. Lupin and Spider-Man. Those are my favorite, dude. Spider-Man's my all-time favorite superhero, period, bar none. No one's better. Isn't uh, there a called a Spider-Wolf? A Wolf Spider? A Spider-Wolf. A Wolf Spider. Yeah, true. Uh, Cody, liking Spider-Man, liking movies, do you have a favorite who's played Spider-Man? Tom Holland. He's the best. Hands exactly. down. His his portrayal in those movies so, are amazing. I, a quick, just a quick thing. Like, Tobey Maguire, that whole timeline was all messed up. Those movies were fun because they were Sam Raimi. Um, Andrew Garfield was fun. He was a little too cocky for Spider-Man. And sure. once again, they were a little bit too old kind of feeling. Like, I think Tom Holland is perfect. Spider-Man's supposed to be in high school. He's supposed to be super yep. uh, unaware of himself, kind of. 
he's not, he has a sense of humor, but he's not cocky and arrogant. Like it's like the perfect mix of like a nerd, you know, he's kind of funny in situations. I think Tom Holland has like nailed it. Like Bart, I'm so happy with, I was, I literally was going to go fight an executive when I thought that we were losing Tom Holland to Spider-Man for that little amount of time. I agree on you with the Spider-Man. Um, I do think that uh, Garfield, it would have been interesting had he been not as much of a man. And I feel the same thing about Tobey Maguire. Now that first Spider-Man movie that came out with Tobey and Kirsten Dunst and all of them, that was when the, the superhero movies were starting to really shift and kind of, you know, X-Men came out and that's what started this Marvel trend. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to throw out there too, that I feel like Marvel has landed and they know exactly what they're doing and they're doing a better job of picking people. I'm waiting for a new Hulk movie. I think they finally might get that right. Cause the first two Hulk movies, I like the Edward Norton one, but at the same time, that Eric Bana one was rough. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. But uh, the, uh, the, the cool thing about that one, I like you got to see this weird fucked up backstory. You know, that was one part of the thing. But, yeah, that was so horrible. Um, let's see. I'm talking about Marvel all day. Oh, me too, man. Um, we'll, have, we'll have Cody back and we'll just do a Marvel episode. We totally could. Oh, don't even know. Star Wars with Betty. Oh, whew. Um, so one of the things that, that I've kind of been expressing to everybody is when the show actually happens and we're able to drop everything, we're going to be doing the, I guess, the first real season of what I would call the Literary Inc. podcast and kind of what we were trying to get to. Um, and I plan on having some of the hogwash crew come in together so that y'all can hear them um, be as crazy in the background as they are as in person. Um, we are very, very excited to, uh, you know, have this time with everybody. Cody, I appreciate you taking the time out oh. of your, your day. I know it's really busy <laughs> right now. I know that there's so much going on um, in the background, but I appreciate you uh, hopping on here and telling us all the fun things about yourself and your family. Uh, oh, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. wouldn't have missed it for the world. I, I, I love being a part of this group of people and a part of this convention and this really tight-knit family of Harry Potter nerds who we all kind of look out for each other. And uh, I'll, anything that you ever need, I'm, I'm there, you know. I appreciate that. What was uh, Just a couple more quick questions that just popped in my brain. What was your favorite thing about doing LeakyCon? It was – I've never worked a convention – that I was tattooing at that wasn't a tattoo convention. So that was really cool because we were definitely, there was four of us in this like little center area. And then they had all just, everything else was just regular. So people would come around the corner and go, Oh my God, they're doing fucking tattoos here. Like, yep. Holy shit. I think we heard that a billion times. So that was really cool because it kind of made me feel, it kind of made me feel special and cool mm -hmm. because, you know, we were the only people there tattooing and um, I, I'm, I'm, really excited for us to do that again once that because I, I don't know i'm sure their plans are also up in the air right now too uh, but. they are but as luck would have it i've talked to uh part of the mischief managed crew mm -hmm. and um we are able to uh i'm trying to get all the bits from them as well as soon as they're back up and running but I have up the number of tattoo wizards that we're going to be able to bring to all of their shows which means that literary inc will be doing field trips um, yep, for the future, because a lot of people are like, when are y'all going to come to Literary Inc.? When are you bringing it to California? When are you bringing it here? When are you bringing it here? When are you bringing it here? Stay tuned to Leaky Con, and the uh, Wizards of Literary Inc. will be invading them. So that's how we're going to take it on the road. We're going to join forces with them, have a very small number of tattoo artists that are coming to tattoo there. Um, 
yeah, so we kind of keep that family going um, and that vibe and allowing me to touch you with you guys a little bit because I won't lie, that's, that's something that's been, you know, we always talk about it because everybody's like, well, are y'all tattooing at the show? No, we're hosting our show. Um, it's our tattoo convention. I don't think yeah. that we be winning a war. No I think that we need to be tattooing. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's too much going on. And I think that's another thing I've seen at a lot of conventions is, you know, I don't understand how the owner of the convention is winning awards there. Um, it's kind of weird. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's yeah, we're it's just, little... we want to host it and do fun things at it. And like I said, the reason there's circus performers and magicians is because I want to see that and one day I'll get to. Um, but, but we're, we're getting there. One day, one day, one day. For real. It's all um, a learning, all a learning curve. It's all a learning curve. And I think that's the big thing. Even with your answer from earlier, I probably could have used that when I stopped learning from it. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I see this going on. I see literally ain't going on as long as we, we all have the vibe to let it go forward. Um, or I fall over. <laughs> so anyway, um, guys, thank you so much. Cody, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you again, you guys. Um, really enjoyed it. Chatting soon. And, uh, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you after this. All right. I'll see y'all later. Bye. Peace out. Peace out. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at Literary Inc. Get access to discounted tickets for Literary Inc. and tons of other cool stuff by joining our Patreon. Join now at patreon.com forward slash literary Inc. Take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure you subscribe so wherever you get your podcast from, you can stay tuned in to the shenanigans that we're having every week. Thanks for sharing the magic with us today. Be good to each other. Bye.